This is the Tom Bigby Tales. I'm your host, Shannon Evans. I write about a small town in Mississippi called Columbus that sits along the banks of the Tom Bigby River. The story today I bring to you is about the Mason Frierson Gaston Frazier home. That's a mouthful. Columbus is a small town on the banks of the Tom Bigby River. It is a small town with a big heart. It boasts a small liberal arts college, Mississippi University for Women, that everyone here calls the W, as well as roughly 700 historic properties and 25 national register properties. It's oozing with classic Southern architecture and is the home of the unique local Columbus eclectic styling of some of its antebellum homes. Some of the homes are opened each spring by the historic home tours who host the annual Columbus pilgrimage, a tradition in the town since 1940 that mirrors the one in Natchez. One of the homes currently not on the tour is the Fraser home that sits on 4th Avenue South, high on a bluff overlooking the river. The Fraser home was designed by architect James Lull and was perhaps one of his earliest homes he designed in Columbus. Lull designed several homes in Columbus, including the Harrison Johnston home, Whitehall, Wisteria Place, Amzy Love Home, and his own home, Camellia Place. Lull is also responsible for the 1847 portion of the Lowndes County Courthouse and the early First Baptist Church building begun in 1835. Lull first arrived in Columbus around 1835 from Vermont. He brought the Greek Revival architectural style to Columbus. His style is what is now referred to as Columbus Eclectic. Lull is buried in Friendship Cemetery in one of the Oddfellow rings. His grave is marked by a sizable 12-foot-plus obelisk. Legend has it that the house that he built, titled the Fraser Home, once faced the river and was turned by a team of oxen to face the street. Is that true or is that a tall tale? While we don't know for sure, because Lull did not leave very many of his papers behind that gave specifics on early homes, I have done a ton of research on the background of this particular home. So let's get into it. The Fraser home is built on land that was first gained under a land grant patent by William Moore on April 1st of 1829. Lot number five, as designated by the city survey, was transferred at some point prior to 1836 to a man named Henry Hunt, who then sold the piece of land to Dan Baldwin, per the deed books in the courthouse. Edwin Beverly Mason somehow acquired the land that same year and is believed to have been the one to hire Lull to design his home. There is no formal document that records this transaction as plans were not required to be filed at that point in Columbus history. The home is built in a generous four-over-four plan with eight original fireplaces and four large brick chimneys. There was a generous outdoor kitchen. There was an herb garden and other outbuildings and other gardens as well. Most of these outbuildings are no longer in existence and are actually built over by neighboring homes. Mason was a planter of some repute who first appears in Lowndes County Census in 1830 as a planter. Edwin, often referred to in documents as E.B. Mason, was born in Mecklenburg County, Virginia. He's found again on the 1850 census as a planter and owns a sizable property with his wife, Margaret Maria Fluitt 
Witherspoon Mason and their six children. One of the children, Louisa, was his stepchild, as Margaret was a widow when they married in October of 1843. The first bridge across the Tom Bigby River was built in front of the house by a former slave, Horace King, who at that time was an enslaved architect who would later earn his freedom to prevent his owner's competitors from taking him into their business. It was a covered bridge wide enough for a walkover or a team and wagon to cross. This made access to the prairie and back to Columbus a faster and safer route. The remains of the bridge are still evident on the hillside in front of the house. But was the house ever turned to face what was labeled Bridge Street? Well, let's continue. By the 1870 census, E.B. is listed as a cornice maker and his son is listed as a plasterer. The 1870 map of Columbus shows the house facing the river. Possibly. We'll get into that more. E.B. died on May 3rd, 1871 in New Orleans, Louisiana, and is buried here in Friendship Cemetery. His wife, Margaret Mason, inherited the home from her husband, per the Mississippi Wills, at the Lowndes County Courthouse. Margaret Mason was born in 1818 in South Carolina, per the 1830 census. Her parents were wealthy landowners from Williamsburg County, South Carolina. She married James Von Tromp Witherspoon in South Carolina, and by 1837, they are listed in, in a census index for present-day Lowndes and Clay County with South Carolina marriage records. He died in April 1842, leaving Margaret behind alone and with a small child. He is buried in the Cannon Cemetery in Clay County. Margaret at some point leaves their home on 4th Avenue in Columbus and moves in with her daughter on 3rd Avenue South, buying a home for Louisa Witherspoon Frierson and her husband, Alexander Frierson, per the 1900 census. There she remains with her daughter Louisa and her husband and Louisa's husband, Alexander, and their adult children, Charles, with his wife Hattie, George, and Reese. Alexander Frierson is listed as a cotton broker, and his sons work for him in the family business. Alexander Frierson dies in 1901. Charles is now the head of the household. Margaret remains in the Frierson home until her death in 1908. She, too, is buried at Friendship Cemetery in Columbus. At her death, she left her properly equally to her daughters per the Lowndes County Courthouse probate wills. The widowed Louisa moves into the home on 4th Avenue overlooking the river after her mother's death with her children and Charles's wife, Hattie, and Charles. In 1909, Charles borrows money using the house on 4th as collateral. Charles and Hattie established quite the name for themselves entertaining in their new home. They and their home are the social hit of the community through the 1920s, hosting elaborate dinner parties, women's socials, wedding receptions for family and friends, and political party events with local and state candidates. By 1912, Charles's brother George has moved out of the house and expanded their family business, Frierson Brothers, into Ada, Oklahoma. Charles is noted in multiple news articles for going to help his brother do business there and taking his wife and children, Charles Jr. and little Louisa, with him on the train. 
Now, rumors have circulated for years that the house was turned by teams of oxen at some point so that the house faces the street now. While this is a fun story, it's not practical nor probable. An event of this magnitude would have definitely been covered in local newspapers, and Columbus had more than one at the time, if not papers much further afield. For instance, Jackson's Clarion Ledger or the Commercial Appeal in uh, in Memphis, which were all very interested in Columbus affairs at the time. There is no evidence in news indexes that this event ever occurred. The engineering impossibility based on the size of the home, the location and condition of the four chimneys, and the slope of the property makes this tale unfeasible. However, what is more likely and is evidenced by the 1875 map of Columbus and the current offset front porch is that there once was a wraparound porch on three sides of the home, most probably. And for whatever reason, the river-facing side of the porch no longer exists. Perhaps the windows were once jib windows, although it is not clear at this point based on the windows and the window shapes currently. What is clear is that at some point, a new roof with wider overhang and new soffits were placed on the house directly over the existing Federalist-style roof. The original front porch be- became a wraparound, uh, was probably a before that a simple one-third or three-quarter porch popular in the late uh, 1820s and the early 1830s when the home was actually built. The most prolific teller of the tale of the turned house was the once little Louisa Frierson, who was 13 years old when she moved away from Columbus with her family to New Orleans. She told of this memory while in her late 80s on a visit to Columbus, after which she would laugh expansively. Perhaps she was merely telling a tall tale to an eager audience. She died in 1995 at age 90. She said that the house would have been turned in the late 1890s when she was a small child, a time when newspapers were definitely reporting anything and everything. And yet there's nothing on the house. In 1919, Mason Ayers sell the house to Ira Lafayette Gaston and his wife, Mary Mamie Long Gaston. Charles Frierson and his family and children, including little Louisa, moved to New Orleans, where he works as a cotton broker. The family lives in a home in the 14th Ward on State Street. Charles retired in 1930 and dies at age 70 after a short illness in April 1938. He, too, is buried in Friendship Cemetery in Plot 138. Harriet is buried next to him in 1965. The Gaston family had already moved in the house by 1918 per Polk's Columbus City Directory. Ira Gaston, originally from Enterprise, Mississippi, was a hardworking, well-respected banker in Columbus. He married Mamie Long Davis at St. Paul's Episcopal Church while he was working at First Bank of Columbus as a cashier. They moved into the Victorian home of her parents, the D.P. Davis home at what would be 502 Third Street South. His father was the secretary of IINC, later what became Mississippi University for Women, and a member of the board for the bank that employed Gaston. Ira and Mamie had two children, Regina and Chester. In the 1928 city directory, Mamie Gaston is listed as secretary-treasurer 
of the L.J. Frank and Company Insurance, whose offices are also listed in the Fourth Avenue House. By eight, by 1930, Ira is the vice president of the First Bank and secretary of Mississippi State College for Women, what is now MUW. Per the 1940 census, the Gaston's divorcee daughter, Regina Anderson, and her six-year-old son, Bond, lived with Mamie and Ira at 4th Avenue South. Oh, how scandalous. Their son, Chester, is age 26 and living at home and practicing law in Columbus. Chester leaves sometime in 1942 for Mariana, Florida, for Army Air Corps pilot training, something at which he will excel. After a career in banking, uh, he retires, he semi-retires, and in 1950 is listed in the city directory as an insurance agent in the Polk City Directory, where he served as the president of Northeast Mississippi Insurance Agents Association. His obituary in the commercial dispatch portrays him as an active member and past president of the Kiwanis Club and a senior warden at St. Paul's Church. He died in 1950 and is buried in Friendship Cemetery. Mamie remains in the house until it is sold in 1966 to the Frazier family. She lived with her son Chester, the now retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, until her death in 1972. When Chester dies in 1973, followed by his sister in 1997, and all are buried at Friendship Cemetery. That takes care of that family. The Gastons. So now we're left with the Frazier family, who held the property from 1966 to 2023. It is up for sale at the moment, and yet no one has ever been able to definitively prove the house was ever spun 90 degrees. So perhaps little Miss Louisa Frierson was the first Tom Bigby tale teller in Columbus.